Welcome to the Girl Dad Show, a professional parenting podcast. Each month, I interview entrepreneurs, leaders, and professionals who are balancing parenthood, life, and profession in the hopes to learn what it takes to be an amazing professional parent. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Girl Dad Talk. I wanted to talk in continuation from last time about why we moved to Texas and um, just kind of re- recap everybody that, you know, the big genesis of the move to Texas was really around saving costs. And the saving cost was one factor in achieving a goal. Uh, and the goal was to basically build a consulting business that allowed me to do a couple of things. Work on projects that I wanted to work on and work with people I wanted to work with. And most importantly, work when I wanted to work with them. Uh, the, the main goal those, those goals were supposed to support was the idea that I wanted to be able to spend the time with my kids when I wanted to spend time with them. And this whole idea of controlling time to that level um, was the main objective and goal. And, and the conclusion was that I wanted to do that through consulting because I felt like it was the most possible way of achieving those goals. And moving to Texas was one of those things that aided in that because it lowered our cost of living significantly, allowing us to be able to test more things and uh, try more things. And so we moved here and I started building this business and um, the pandemic had been in full swing at this point. So most people were very comfortable with working remotely and uh, very, very fortunate in that sense that, um, you know, talking to potential clients and prospects, it was relatively uh, easy to move to Texas during that time frame, given my whole network's been in the Bay Area because I was born and raised there. Uh, but I did do a couple of things to um, grow my network and uh, try my best to build out a network here in Austin. But I will say that even now I only have like one client in Austin. I, so I still haven't really figured out how to get a client here. But Not that I'm actively looking for a client in Austin, but um, I would say that most of my consulting clients are still in the Bay Area and actually in New York. First part of it was very, very challenging. It was very, very challenging. Um, being a consultant is super hard and it is very hard for me. I struggled with it tremendously. It took me, I want to say three months before I really figured out um, how to do it and how to like sell myself. And I, I don't even think I even sold it correctly until like nine months later. Um, and if you are interested in doing this, where you, you know, consult for a living and, and, and contract for a living instead of having a W-2 job, I would recommend giving yourself quite a bit of time to figure out how to do this because it's a lot different than, you know, working as a W-2. Like you're not selling a service or a product, you know, in, until you actually design or develop it. And you don't really know what it is that you do or how you want to package it until you get a couple reps in and you figure out what makes you happy and what, you know, what jives with you. And maybe you're better than me at it. So you're, if you're, you're, you're laughing at this conversation and you've already um, know how to do this, but I struggled a lot with selling myself and not having that insulation of a product or a service or a brand that basically I was selling in, in proxy of. And it took me quite a bit and it was very, very scary because we were traveling across the country you know, moving with kids, we were spending a ton of money, um, you know, trying to get the move to happen. And we also weren't making that much money because we had very few contracts and uh, customers. It's also hard to do anything when you're a contractor, especially with no business history, because loans don't happen. Banks don't lend you anything like you're not even counted as uh, an income earner. It's really funny how um, 
the world works like that because you you um can't get alone like a normal way and it's really hard it's really interesting the short and skinny of it is is that i think that we didn't really find our groove until about six or nine months later and and then it started to finally click like okay we are now um starting to understand how this operates and works and i don't know how good of a dad i was during that time frame i mean i may have been a better dad in some ways and in some ways a terrible dad because I don't think I was achieving my goal of like being able to control when I work and how I work because I think in the first six months I basically just took whatever contract anybody would give me because the need for money far outpaced my goal for um, working when and what and who uh, I wanted to work with and that urgency really drove you know the contracts that I took I just took whatever I could and as I started to um, learn and develop my skills and in, in all those things, sales aptitude and, and what it is that I sell and, and you know, what, what it is that I offer, um, obviously, it's become a lot easier. I mean, fast forward two years later, and I'm, I'm doing it much better now. And I, 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 can, I can confidently say that I'm pretty good at controlling my time. It does take me a week or two to move things around. But, you know, if my kid wants to do, you know, Monday soccers in the evenings, I can, you know, reschedule my week to basically accommodate that. Or I can move things around to go do, you know, this time in the middle of the day on Tuesdays and Thursdays to be there for something like it's it's doable. It's not like instantaneous, but I could if you give me a week or two, I'm in I'm in the place where I can now control my time. But in the earlier days, I think I sacrificed a lot of that time to basically build up and make sure that we had sustenance and income. And so I wasn't necessarily achieving my goals until about nine months or even a year later. But the first six months was really bad. And I do think that I did make up for it by just like sleeping less and just working a lot more and um, being there for my kids and then working at night. And so in some ways, I think I was a good dad. And, and, and well, at least when it comes to time, but I think that in some ways I wasn't achieving my goals, at least of what I thought a good dad was, and I wasn't spending that much time with them. But I will say that it is highly worth uh, the journey because, you know, I, I look back at it now and, and people ask me if I'd go back to a W-2 job or if I want it. And there is a possibility. I, I, there's a couple of companies that I'm actually very interested in and that I would actually engage you know, that, that idea of uh, working full time and um, because the product is super cool, you know, the team is really fun. And uh, I think that they would be very, very comfortable with me having this ability to navigate my schedule and time the way I want to. Uh, and those are the things that I basically wanted for consulting. And so by living this kind of life, I think I've been able to attract the companies and the W2 jobs that can also suffice it which has been really fascinating because I never would in my wildest dreams expected a W2 job to, to encompass that. Um, and I, I think the big thing for me that I, I learned through this process though, is that if you want something like this, you know, like this kind of theoretical, like, Hey, I want to basically, you know, spend more time with my kids when I want to spend it. But I also want to work with people that I want to work with when I want to work with them working on what I want to work on. It sounds very audacious and it sounds very um, theoretical. It sounds very theoretical and pie in the sky. But I think articulating those goals and making it specific and then putting some measurable tactical things in your roadmap to like track towards it really helped me achieve it. And so I talk about this kind of superfluously, but the reality is I was documenting the entire journey. I mean, I tracked every single hour that I worked. I just stopped tracking my hours just about like, I want to say four months ago. 
so for the first two years of consulting, I tracked every single hour that I spent, including sleep. So if I took a walk, I tracked it. If I spent it with my kids, I tracked it. If I did billable hours, I tracked it. If I did BD work, I tracked it. And um, just a high level of like uh, discipline and rigor and just tracking hours. And every week, every month, every quarter, I would look back to see my hours allocation versus return on investment. And it sounds a little bit maniacal now that I say it now, but I think that that level of, you know, specificity and goals and then specificity and tracking so you can actually see how you're measuring against it. So your progress started coming up with like timelines for me. It started helping me realize that like if I could do X and Y time and, you know, in Z result um, during that last phase or that last quarter, I bet you I could hit these goals, you know, by doing 10 more of these in this time frame in this quarter. And so it started to like change the way I think about my time and my uh, goals and, and objectives. And so I, I was able to very quickly ramp up after that first nine months into getting exactly what I wanted, which was having clients that I like working with, working on what I want to work on, uh, when I want to work on it, and um, spending time with my kids. And uh, it was a really great experience and it was really fun. I will say that, you know, year one was really rocky, but it was a good, great learning experience. Year two was phenomenal. It was super fun. And um, it was really amazing to be able to have that level of like confidence and control. And just like anything in life, I think when you achieve a certain amount of success you, or you achieve your goals, you know, the human psychology just takes over and, and you get used to it and you start to get comfortable and it's not, it becomes the norm and you need that next kind of like dopamine fix of achieving another goal. And that kind of unfortunately happened to me in, in the worst of ways where I actually started to get very seduced by how much money I can make and what that looked like. And so um, I, I spent, you know, the latter part of last year uh, optimizing for income. And um, I mean, obviously there's a reason why I did it, but in hindsight, I would say that that was probably not um, part of the original goal. And so I did have to do a really big reset this year to realize that like I deviated from the main goal so much and there's a reason for it. But like I said, like I deviated pretty hard. And so I'm trying to figure out a way to balance those two goals with the new, the new goal that I have. And so, um, last year I made a lot of money and, uh, it was, it was phenomenal. I made more money than I've ever made in my life. And, um, we've been able to, you know, do a lot of new things that we weren't ever able to do before. We've been able to invest in other companies and these other companies could have huge payouts in a few years, uh, that we would never be able to do previously. We've invested in real estate and we now have, um, three, uh, other properties and we've already uh, bought and sold a fourth. And, um, that's really fascinating because I never in my wildest dreams thought I would have one, let alone three properties that I'm renting and uh, having other people manage for me. And, um, in the process of actually building out uh, other businesses at, you know, scale. So one of the big goals, uh, this year is to launch a new company called uh, forever young stuff. And the idea behind Forever Young Stuff is, can I basically build, buy, or invest in service businesses and help them scale and grow and create residual semi-passive uh, pa semi semi-passive income? And the reason being is this. My, my goals have now changed. As I have changed and evolved and learned, 
I started to realize that I had the ability to start, you know, organizing my life into goals and specifics. So that idea of like setting these goals, tracking my time taught me that I can optimize for goals and, and, and basically manufacture it. And so I started changing my goals and tactics. And one of the biggest things that um, happened to me was um, I met in one week two gentlemen um, and randomly introduced to me by uh, Peck, a wonderful friend. Um, he's I've known him for over a decade and he's an amazing guy, but he introduced me to two guys in one week, Noah Kagan and uh, Eric Liu. And I uh, met with both of them like almost back to back. Uh, and it was fascinating, right? Like it was just so fascinating to have two people my age just you know, living and thinking about the world and life in such a different way. Uh, I was so proud of myself for, you know, you know, figuring out how to do consulting and, and getting contracts and making a good salary while, you know, navigating, you know, my time and kind of playing this delicate balance and getting best of both worlds. And these two guys are just thinking about the world and life in such a different way. And they completely humbled me in the idea that you could even ask for more. Uh, both these guys are fairly transparent about their income. I know Noah is because he has a YouTube channel that talks about his wealth, but they both generate just a ton of money very, very passively. And um, just a fascinating experience to talk to two people my age uh, back to back. And so I started this journey of like trying to find other people that were like this, you know, that had, you know, a lot of passive income and uh, what I came to the conclusion was that there's a huge population of people that do this and it's just something that uh, I didn't know about. And so I spent, you know, the bulk of my um, spring and summer researching and investigating and trying to meet as many people like this as possible. People that, you know, had investments or were building unsexy businesses or service businesses or real estate investments and people that just built passive income. And I got to meet a ton of them and, and it was a really, really eye-opening experience because I started to realize that I could also do that using the same concept of hitting specific goals, tracking my time and figuring out how to optimize for it. And uh, that kind of led me to losing my North Star of controlling my time because I got seduced by it. I got seduced by this idea that like I need to go do this thing now where I already had what I wanted and now I wanted something more. And so... Uh, the first thing I needed was money. I needed more money to basically reinvest into these other assets that could basically generate assets for me passively. And uh, the first goal was to um, make more money. And so I had to increase the volume of consulting or increase my prices. And so I was trying to do two of those tests at the same time. One was I was trying to increase my volume. I just slept less. And then two, I was testing, you know, different ways of packaging up the value that I could provide so they could be more efficiently um, distributed. So and increasing my rates. Luckily, this is like kind of the beginning of when all the employee rates were going high anyways. And so it kind of like had the tailwind behind it. And so that was a really easy transition because I was just kind of walking with the market rate. And that was a really nice um, um, per chance happening for me. And uh, that was really um the genesis for the ability to like have this capital, this working capital to actually start testing some of these theses. So that was one, one goal, one new goal was to increase the volume and the value of the consulting that I did. And that took a lot more time than I originally wanted from my goal previously. Second goal was to meet network and hang out with people that were doing this, right? This idea of like, Hey, this is, this is what you thought what you was going to make you happy before. And now I'm, I'm realizing there are people out there that just are, are, 
or, you know, doing things that I want that are basically generating a lot of income with very little work. And uh, they're using their mind and their money to uh, generate income for themselves. And I wanted to learn how to do that. And there's something that my mom always said, you know, growing up, you know, and it's, it's like, it's very common saying, but, you know, choose your friends wisely or hang out with who you want to be like. It's that whole adage of like, you're the common uh, denominator of the five people you hang out with the most. And so whenever I want to learn a new skill or learn a new mindset or learn a new uh, business or thing, I just try to find, you know, as many people that are doing what I want to do. And I just spend as much time with them as I possibly can. And so that became my next new goal and finding these people and just spending more time with them, interacting with them, texting with them, hanging out with them, drinking with them, eating with them, doing whatever I could to basically engage them and, you know, obviously provide them value. But even trying to figure out what would provide them value is, is time and energy in itself. And then spending that time with them is also time and energy in itself. And so you have now two time consuming projects that were monumental, uh, you know, the second year. And then the third thing was to actually employ tactics. So you're learning all these things that they do, and then you're researching it, you're soaking up their mindset, you're, you're become, becoming the common denominator. And then now you need to take action because, you know, analysis paralysis is the devil of all, you know, all, all uh, entrepreneurs. And you have to start acting on it or else you're never going to make progress forward because you're going to get so stuck on thinking about how to do it right or if it's the right move that you end up you know, slowing yourself down or increasing your chances of slowing it down or not doing it. And so um, I started employing it very quickly. And, but employing it also causes a ton of time. So executing on these real estate deals or these investments or these businesses is a very time-consuming process because think about like most people starting a business. I mean, that would be, you know, 70, 80, possibly 100 hours of their, their week for maybe months, maybe years. And now you're trying to do that plus hang out with all these people that do this <laughs> regularly, plus trying to basically self-fund your ability to go do that. And uh, so needless to say, it was a really bad year uh, as for me as a dad because I, I basically didn't spend as much time as I should with my kids. And I spent about six months of that doing these three things. And um, it's it's kind of embarrassing to say this to you guys in this episode because I, I'm very proud of what I've accomplished. I'm very proud of the fact that last year, you know, we made a tremendous amount of money and we were able to buy a ton of real estate. We were able to um, uh, start a few businesses. We were able to um, have a very success. I have a very successful consulting business now and um, just a myriad of different successes. But the reality of it is that I, I kind of woke up at the beginning of this year going, wait, did I do that at the sacrifice of something that was the main point to begin with? And it's like one of these things that I wrestle with all the time because it's like, and I kind of wrestle with it with Amy, my wife as well, because it's like this idea that like, if I could just do this, like just hardcore do this for three or four more years, I'm like confident that I could generate a lot of passive income or at least semi-passive income. And then I could spend as much time as I want with my kids, right? Because I'll have, have semi-passive income. And uh, so then the, the, the justification is let's just go spend as much time as I can, you know, focusing my energy and time on that. And then the reality though, on the flip side is that, well, then I'm missing, you know, these parts of their lives because I'm trying to spend time with them. And so why would, why do you need to do that if you can just spend time with them? And um, it's that story about that fisherman. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that uh, proverb or that um, the fisherman 
basically is fishing and he catches his fish and he, he feeds himself through fishing and he sells some fish to get some other supplies and he lives a pretty happy life. And this tourist comes by and says, Hey, you know, if you, you know, work a couple extra hours, get some more fish, you know, you could, uh, you know, use that fish to hire somebody and you can get more fish. And he said, okay, what would I do with that? And he said, well, if you can get that guy to run the boat for you, you could use that income to buy another boat and get someone else to do that for you. Soon you could have a whole fleet of, of boats and you could have all these uh, fisheries. You could go vertically, horizontally. You could build out this whole business and then you could retire a very rich man. And he said, okay, so what would I do with all, all that? And he's like, well, you could do whatever you want. You could do whatever you love. And he basically goes, but I love to fish. So he's like, the, the idea is like, you know, do you always need to build something, you know, big when, you know, the end goal is already being achieved. Right. And so I struggle with this a lot. I struggle with this a lot. And I'm being very vulnerable right now because I think it's really important that you understand the journey of, uh, my my parenting and and kind of building business and i don't think i've ever really talked about it this publicly or openly right like what i'm building how i'm building it i talk about it very openly to a lot of my my newer friends that that i'm trying to like hang out with as much as i can to soak up their mindset but and they're very um helpful right they're very welcoming and helpful and supportive of it but i don't really talk about it as much to you know just general friends or or, or people that i uh, interact with um because it's just not, it's not a normal thing, right? And I don't think it's very common for these things to happen. And second of all, I also don't think it's that weird to, you know, spend time away from the kids because you're working so hard or your job is so demanding. But I guess for me, it's like, I really want to make sure that I'm like balancing these two things well, because on the one hand, I have this idea that if I spend two or three years really investing my time into building these passive income assets, I, I really do feel that I could work very little and generate a very healthy income for my family, probably for the rest of our lives and our kids' lives. On the other hand, the whole point of doing that is to spend time with the kids. And so, like, how do I how do I justify doing that when I should be spending time with them? The second thing that I really struggle with is this idea that kids are really, really um happy and needing and and loving of you, you know, during the first like 12 or 14 years of their life. And they're still loving afterwards, but there's a natural occurrence, you know, when they go into middle school, high school, where they want to kind of spread their wings and, and be themselves. And so, you know, I could use that natural curve of, you know, of growth and, and, you know, human psychology to my advantage and really double down now on time with my kids and they actually want to be with me and they're craving it. And then spend the time building and working later on when they're, actually trying to be their own person and they're embarrassed to hang out with you, you know? Uh, and then of course they're supposed to come back and be your best friend. But um, I, I struggle with that as well too. Like, do I just like ride the tides of the wave and put the tailwind behind me and, and use human psychology and development to my advantage? And so long story short, I'm still figuring it out. This is by no means uh, an answer to the solution. I'm just prosing the conundrum that I'm in and kind of walking you through, you know, the journey that I've been on over the last two years building this consulting business and moving into Texas. So I'll dive in a little bit more about some of the decisions that I've made and how I'm navigating this year in the next episode. But I hope you enjoyed this talk. And if you have any questions or thoughts or advice for me, I'd love to hear it. Please message me, add it in comments and social. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear it. So thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to The Girl Dad Show. Did you know that our website is full of really fun products like the shirt I'm wearing? Visit thegirldadshow.com to shop our t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. And follow our social channels to hear about our latest sales.